0: Thanks, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah alladhi hadana subulana. Alhamdulillah alladhi hadana lil-iman. وحببه في قلوبنا الحمد لله آناء الليل وأطراف النهار آناء النهار وأطراف الليل الحمد لله على كل حال وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد يحيي ويميت بيده الخير وهو على كل شيء قدير وأشهد أن سيدنا وأولنا وهادينا وإمامنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله ما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا من يطع الله ورسوله وولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا يضل أبدا ومن يعص الله ورسوله وولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا يهدى أبدا ومن يتوكل على الله فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ أَمَّا بَعْدٍ أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ In this khutbah, we are going to visit some of the ayat and some of the hadiths that are obviously coordinated with the ayat And then we are going to take a look at some of the issues uh, that have plagued us because of our distance from such ayat and such hadiths first of all and in doing this before I begin in doing this we are trying to relieve ourselves of the centuries of Burdens, misunderstandings, confusion, making what is important less important, and making what is less important so much more important. يَقُولُ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعَتَصِيمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا All of you hold on to the means from Allah and don't be divided. You listen to this ayah, and then you listen to some speakers spending a half hour or one full hour or more than that on some minor issue that leaves the impression of division in you another ayah says don't dispute with each other because you're going to fail if you do so and then you listen or you read something that leads to a disputation with the other muslim and the ayah is telling us if that's the way we feel then we are going to fail the prophet of allah in his hajjat al wada' speech says farewell speech said la يضرب بعضكم رقاب بعض don't revert don't become kafirs after me with some of you killing off others of you the prophet is saying this and look at the takfir label the takfir accusation the takfir rationale if such a thing is possible and how many muslims in the world are killed because other muslims say that they are kafirs and the prophet is very clear la tarji'u ba'di kuffara yadribu ba'dukum riqaba Another ayah says shaytan innahu Don't follow the pace of a shaytan He is your he is indeed your avowed enemy And read about a shaytan in the Quran and read how certain Muslims are following in the steps of a Shaytan. Another ayah says, What anna hada sirati mustaqi man fatabi oo. Walla tetabi oo subula fatafarrakabicum ansibila. The likum was Allah is saying, This is my avenue. A straightforward direction follow it and don't follow the deviations and the distractions when it comes to this straight course that I have outlined for you and sometimes you think about some people and I'm speaking about here Islamic types of people who are spokespersons and lecturers and khatibs and preachers and speak. All of these types, they begin to go into side issues to distract from Allah's straightforward Sabil And then another ayah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ فَرَّقُوا wa shi'a." لَسْتَ مِنْهُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ Those who have caused division in their deen and then have became splinter groups, you have nothing to do with them. You meaning Allah's Prophet and everyone following Allah's Prophet, yet we have nothing to do with them as they are responsible for the divisions and the bad feelings among the Muslims. Another ayah in the Qur'an says, فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْأَخِرِ If you have an issue That you cannot agree upon (coughs) Then you refer it to Allah and to the messenger if you are truly committed To the eventuality of the final day If you are truly committed to Allah and the eventuality of the final day (coughs) We have many issues that we disagree upon but when was it that you heard okay we disagree on this issue let's see what Allah and his Prophet say about this issue no one wants to go that way and then they begin idolizing the opinions of lesser individuals and lesser lesser institutions now with these types of ayat and these types of hadiths <coughs> when was the last time you remembered a very significant person a leader come out and say i made a mistake the leaders that we have all over the place who have drowned us in rituals don't want us to concentrate on what they are doing And they want us to be preoccupied with our differences to the extent that we become enemies of each other we have in our history a very well-known incident in which the second successor to the prophet was speaking to the muslims and he was speaking about an issue that has to do with what a husband owes his wife the mahar, and he misspoke he didn't say the truth and a woman stood up in the umawi world of Islam women are not supposed to be in the crowd that's number one number two they are not supposed to stand up and the third thing she did was to say what you just said is wrong and i will correct you and she used an ayah from the quran ujurahun, to correct the leader of the muslims <clears throat> what did the leader of the muslims do say arrest her take her to jail Was there a lot of security? Was there any security around? No security, no police, no gendarmerie, no national guards, no military, nothing. That's when we have Islam, what it's supposed to be. You stand in the middle of the Muslims and you speak to them. And when he made a mistake, and he heard a Muslima, a lady. Muslim correct him what did he say he heard the ayah what are you going to say he said simply Omar made a mistake and the woman was right when was the last time you saw an individual behave like that in the capacity of leader one of the s- statements that comes from that first those first generations that were witnessing what is happening with the Umawi severance of uh, what a Muslim leader is supposed to be. Because during the Umawi time you had a king and then you had someone who is a religious figure. And both of them are working in separate capacities. They're all supposed to be working in one capacity, not this separation. But anyways, that's what happened. So when that was noticed by some thinking minds, they had this statement. They said, don't think that everyone who, is, who calls themselves a scholar is a scholar. They, they said there are individuals who are containers of knowledge, and then there are scholars. So what we have, if this type of statement lived on in the Muslim conscience, we would have today Muslims aware enough to say, oh, he's a container of knowledge. He's not a scholar. He's a container of knowledge. You see, it takes a good reading of reality to separate what is artificial from what is genuine. A scholar is genuine. A container of knowledge, thats he's superficial. Or she's superficial. And then, one of the persons who was close to and I avoid using the name because if I use the name then once again the umawi memory is going to kick in I don't want that to happen so I bypass the name suffice it to say one of those who was very close to Allah's prophet he said, Whatever has come to us from the Messenger of Allah, we accept on our uh, This is literally we said he we accepted on our eye and on our head. That's an expression that means It penetrates directly without any reservation or without any inhibition to our minds and to our hearts. Whatever the prophet said But whatever others may say Let's uh, let me retract a little This statement was said this statement that I am about to say comes from one of the fuqaha. I'll go back to one of those who was close to the Prophet. One of the Fuqaha' said, and once again I don't want to mention his name because I don't want the Umawi poison to circulate in your mind. I want you to understand the meaning without the pollution that comes with it if someone mentions the name. So I'm not going to mention the name. One of the Fuqaha' said, whatever the Prophet said, whatever the Prophet instructed no problem immediately without reservation comes to the heart and to the mind we obey as to the others whoever these others may be they are persons and we are persons they are men and we are men Now we go back to the the person who was close to Allah's Prophet. He says, everyone, everyone, you can take and you can give of what they say, except the messenger of Allah. Meaning the messenger of Allah's statement is final. The statements of other individuals may not be final. You can accept some of it you can reject some of it you can accept all of it you can reject all of it depending on what the statement is now we come to the issue this is another issue in our communities in our individuals whereby and i want you to listen to this uh, somewhat closely whereby people ask questions it is natural it is normal to ask questions but asking a question has a background to it you can ask a question after thinking about your question for a time I thought about an issue, I thought about it last year, I thought about it last month, I thought about it yesterday, and now I have an opportunity and I want to ask someone who is qualified to answer. I want to ask him or her that question. But then there's another type of question which is an impulsive question. The question comes from an impulse. It doesn't come from an experience two different things here and this is an area that has been eroding our confidence in each other and there's in other words there are questions that are pestering questions people just ask it because either an individual Right there for he never thought about the question he's asking. But just in his mind, in the spur of a moment, without experience, without spending time, he just asks, he throws out a question like that. These types of pestering questions, the Prophet of Allah and the ayah in the Quran tell us behave yourselves in this type of moment. The ayah says, لا تسألوا عن أشياء إن تبدل لكم do Don't ask about such issues that if the truth about it is revealed to you, you're going to be upset. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything that's going to happen in our lives. He could have addressed everything that's going to happen in our lives. But He didn't. There are certain things that are unequivocally, there are certain things that are beyond question what we call obvious and halal on one side, and other side they're obvious and haram. And between these two, there are, there's the gray area. And this gray area, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has left it up to our better judgment. But some people they use this gray area to divide the muslims and this is troubling the prophet of allah in one of the hadiths i'm just going to quote the hadith that expresses the meaning that i just explained to you كثرة سؤالهم واختلافهم على أنبيائهم Leave me to the extent that I'm explaining these things to you Because nations before you were ruined Because of their pestering questions And the divisions they developed concerning their own prophets فَإِذَا أَمَرْتُكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِنْهُ If I am directing you to do something, you do as much as you can of that thing. On another occasion, this will make it a little more understandable. The Prophet of Allah in one of these settings said, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ فَرَضَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْحَجَّ فَحِجُّوا O people, Allah has made it a requirement for you to go to Hajj. So go to Hajj. You would think that this here, right here, is enough. The impulsive and the pestering question came, a person, a man listening, said, "Afi kulli Amin Ya Rasul He never thought about this, but he asked the question. Some questions are premature. Some questions are not ripe yet, and this is one of them. He says, are, "Do you expect? Are we expected to go to Hajj every year?" And the Prophet remained silent. The, the person asks three times the same question, and the Prophet remains silent. And then the Prophet answered him after the third time, la wajabat. If I were to say yes, it would have become mandatory upon you to go to Hajj every year. وَلَوْ وَجَبَتْ mastatatum And if it was to become mandatory for you to go to Hajj every year, you wouldn't have been able to do that. And then he said, دَعُونِي مَا Let it be at the extent that I express it to you because so what is the meaning of this hadith and this interaction between allah's prophet and that person who's asking that type of question the prophet wants us to go to hajj as many times as we can but he doesn't want to tell us you should go to hajj every year now the simplicity of this whole issue You put it in the context of today's world where it's almost impossible to go to hajj once in a lifetime. See the distance between this simple exchange of an announcement by the Prophet and a question by one of the persons listening, what it meant and what it means, and the world that we are living in today. (inaudible) Ya intubda <inaudible> lakum On another occasion one of these as I say these are gray areas that should not become divisive issues among the Muslims It is related to us in the books of hadith and the books of history, etc, etc That the Prophet of Allah may Allah's peace and blessings be upon him and his he designated a certain area in his masjid for salat al tahajjud salat al-layl and he began doing that each night he began performing this salah and the people who were there began they noticed he was performing this every night so they began to do it themselves and not only were they doing it the way the prophet was doing it they were doing more than some of them were doing more than the prophet himself was doing the prophet realized this maybe his salat al-layl or tahajjud was a couple of hours maybe a little more maybe a little less this detail is not mentioned in, on in these books pertaining to this event but when he saw that they were, Salat al-Tahajjud is a nafil salah, it is not a farb, it is not a wajib, it is something you do voluntarily. So when he saw them doing it as if it is a wajib, he discontinued doing it. He disappeared from that area that he designated for himself for that salah. And he went into his own chamber because his chamber was next to the, to the masjid. And then they realized the people were coming there night after night and doing this salah with them. What happened? He's not coming anymore. He's not doing this salah anymore. So he explained to them that this is not meant to be an issue that we compete in. And we raise it from a voluntary salah To become something like a mandatory salah which is obviously what these individuals were trying to do and it has a discourse in and of itself another one of the this these types of issues is some people in the in the public they call it the waswasi mind let's say someone is walking in a muslim neighborhood you know this neighborhood is 100 percent muslim and then someone from the second story of a building throws a cup of liquid down on you you're walking with a friend of yours or a few of you are walking and some of this liquid comes on you don't know what it is So, what do you do? You ask yourself, what do you do when that something like that happens? The, the Muhammadiy spirit would be, uh, maybe just some water and maybe something, uh, would just keep on going. The waswasi type, as they call it, some people call it, says no no this could be some some type of najasa i have to go and make sure that this is not just you know some water or some water and soap or rose water whatever i have to it had no smell to it it didn't smell foul or anything but there's this inner voice saying you have to make sure what this is so he goes and he Knocks on the door and he asks, you know, someone threw a cup of liquid out there, and we were walking down there. Just want to know what it is. Said, well, it's just some. uh, I was washing my baby, and I had a little liquid left, and I thought it's so insignificant, and I didn't know anyone's going to be walking there at the time, so I just threw it out. I'm sorry, and I, you know, I. So some of these took it that okay, he's washing a baby, so this must be some type of najasa. Even though they didn't ask how old the baby is. Because if you wash a baby that's two days old, and the water from washing a baby that's two days old is not a najasa. But this is where the waswasi mind goes. And these are the types of issues that they want to confuse us with, number one. Number two, they'd love us to argue these issues to death so that we can generate bad feelings among ourselves another trick that the the, these umawi types another trick that they have is you know if you have a certain amount of money and that certain amount of money you've possessed for one year You know that after that year there is a wajib of zakah on that money. Everyone knows this We'll skip the details of how much the zakah is because if it's money if it's agriculture if it's you know, whatever So but after a year, you know, you have to pay a portion of it to those who are in need now, what if a person Holds on to this amount, whatever the amount is, he he holds on to this after it. it it's more than the nisab, meaning if you have two cents for a year, there's no zakat on two cents. It has to be a minimal amount of money. Money. It's called a nisab. So after you have that for for a full year, you have to pay your zakat. Now this person, you see this waswasi mind. This person says, okay. I'm going to wait 11 months and a half, and before the year comes, I'm going to give this money to another person. And tells the other person, This money is yours, but you have to give it to me in one month. What this person did is play a game against his own conscience. He's trying, he thinks he's tricking Allah and his Prophet. By evading, paying the zakat because he didn't have it. Because technically you have to have it for a full year. If you give your amount to another person for a month. Say this is yours but you have to return it to me in a month. You bypass the zakat. You don't have to pay zakat anymore. These are the types. This is an Israeli and an Umawi mentality combined. That we have. Some people may do it as far as traveling is concerned when it comes to Al Qasr min al Salah. Some people may do it when it comes to fasting. They want to get out of fasting and they go. This is an Umawi Israeli mindset. We have to get rid of it. <laughs> ان الله تواب رحيم الحمد لله بجميع المحامد على جميع النعم وصلى الله وسلم على المبعوث خيرا ورحمه وهدى لكافه الامم محمد النبي الامي وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم Dear brothers and sisters conscientious Muslims now after We try to cleanse ourselves of this historical pollution in our hearts and in our minds on a day of taqwa like this when we are supposed to think of Allah's immediate power presence In our lives in our societies in our world we should have enough insight understanding Allah and understanding his Prophet to begin to take a look at what is happening in the real world we don't want to get bogged down in issues that make us far away have us far away from each other with bitter feelings towards each other no we don't want that we want to take a look at those who are making it systematic for us in our juma's in our jamaat in our masajid in our conferences to dwell on the trivial issues and forget about the real issues of life well we're now we're going in this khutbah. After we tried in the in this previous khutbah a few minutes ago to cleanse ourselves from that type of mentality, we go to the real issues we th- that we deal with. Al-qist, al-adl, al Okay, now we take a look at the land of Mecca and Al-Madinah. It's ruled by a certain class of people. And what did they do in this past week? They have, believe it or not, whatever bits and pieces of laws they have, they have a statute of limitation. If a crime has been committed and 60 days elapse from that, then there's no reason to reconsider it in a court of law. They drop that altogether. And that has to do with their grand policy of going after everyone in their kingdom that has assets and resources and finances and wherewithal. They've practically liquidated one third of the assets, not liquidated, repossessed one third of the assets of the bin Laden group. This is a very huge construction be in that kingdom which has its investments all over the place and the Zionists and the rulers by Zionist orders have taken over one-third of what used to belong to them so they right now they're telling you we, we, we don't consider any statue of limitation if we're gonna go after you forget about the lapse of time we're gonna get what we want The other thing that has developed in this past week or so is that that kingdom, that Israeli, Ummawi kingdom that we have in today's Arabian Peninsula is is, is going to begin as of the coming couple of months or so it's going to begin to issue electronic visas for tourists from around the world who want to come to the kingdom to attend cultural and art performances and exhibitions. The first one, they're going to have a uh, a formula car racing event near Riyadh in about two or three months, and they say the first visas are going to be issued for for anyone in the world to come to the to that event. That's going to be the starter, and from there on, you're going to have because they're building also there's 50 islands and very attractive areas on the red sea they're going to develop those into tourist attractions now their policy has been up until now they only give visas to those who are going to come to the hajj or umrah or those who are needed for work and occupation along with their families that's it Now they've opened up the visa process and we're going to have a flux an influx of individuals from around the world coming to the kingdom of entertainment they had the past ten days or so they had the Saudi diplomatic missions around the world they had and inside their own kingdom a commemoration of their 88th year they've been established by the British 88 years ago so they were celebrating that in their embassies one of the embarrassing celebrations was they invited invited a well-known publicist some people consider her attractive in Jordan the the Saudi Arabian ambassador in that embassy invited her to come and attend even though she took the Saudis to the cleaners for, what, for their position concerning the deal of the century, for their position concerning the Palestinians, etc. And this has caused right now a reaction, a public reaction in that kingdom, saying to that particular prince who is their ambassador in Jordan, you've embarrassed us. Well, this is only the first of your embarrassments. You'll see more of it coming later. There's a Yemeni individual who is in Riyadh who's been arrested because they say he is active on in social media on the internet and he receives and he sends information that is considered by the Umawi Israeli Saudi rulers to be in to be against their national security this is a cause for arrest now, you get get something on whatsapp or in the email and it's considered by the Saudis to be anti-Saudi and you send it to a friend, they can take you, and no one his family doesn't know where, which prison he's in, where is he incarcerated no one knows in the khutbah today in al-Masjid al-Haram in Mecca the khatib, Sa'ud al shuraim one of the individuals who's still in, in the good favors of the Saudis. This person gives a khutbah today in which he quotes an ayah says, "Wala tusrifu." تُسْرِفُ Don't waste. Who are you speaking to, the poor Muslims? What do the poor Muslims have to waste? why don't you speak to your rulers who are wasting the resources of the muslims all over the world now if the saudi rulers interpret his words to mean them he'll be behind bars too this saudi arabian kingdom that is the exemplification of historical Beni Israel and historical Beni Umayyah and contemporary juniors of the Zionists and imperialists. It's buying weapons from Tel Aviv via Azerbaijan. They still now they'll do it probably in the coming months. They're probably doing it right now and we don't know about it. But the news that surfaced is, they are obtaining Israeli weapons by way of Azerbaijan. You, you've you heard of last week's attack on a military parade in southwest Iran. And you probably heard other information Pertaining to that I Don't know if you heard this, but I I think it merits to be mentioned that the advisor to the ruler in the United Arab Emirates said What's all of uh, and I obviously I'm paraphrasing here. What's all this fuss about? The attack was on a military target And so no one should be blaming whoever is doing this and he said this is, this is this is only the beginning this is the first of such things that are going to happen and no one should blame anyone else for targeting a military target so that's an indirect admission and he said we're going to take this, this war into Iran a so direct indirect admission that they are on a war footing that in not coincidental that parallels the media in the israeli zionist colonization of the holy land in the past couple of days they've made these statements they found a nuclear plant Or a nuclear institution I can't remember the exact name they gave it a nuclear center in Tehran itself and in the same breath they said in Beirut underground beneath the surface in Beirut there are military targets what do they mean when they are saying in Tehran there is a military installation of a nuclear nature and in Beirut there are military activities underground of a military nature what does that tell you you don't you it, you know you don't have to be uh, an Einstein so to speak to figure out what they are up to three individuals have been shot in the past 24 hours or so three individuals have been shot to death in the eastern part of Saudi Arabia it's not a stable society it's not a stable regime and then they get so upset the officials there in the Saudi Israeli Ummawi Kingdom they get so upset that the United Nations has come out with a report that condemns them for what amounts to war crimes in Yemen oh no how dare you do that war crimes we the holy the custodia the holy custodians of the holy places in Mecca and in Medina you mean to say we are war criminals yes that's exactly what is meant you are war criminals the United Arab Emirates Saudi Arabia, this so-called flimsy alliance that is killing and starving millions of people in Yemen, that's exactly who you are. There's been demonstrations in the colonized Holy Land, in the West Bank and in Gaza, the last reports, three individuals were killed by the Israeli war criminals. See, war criminals in the Holy Land. War criminals in Al-Quds, war criminals in Mecca, war criminals in riyadh war criminals all over the place. And they say, oh, you Muslims, you're not supposed to speak. Who said that's Umawi, Israeli understanding of God. That's not our understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we see criminals we point to them and say you are criminals if we don't have the morals to do that what does it mean to say ittaqullah on Fridays during the khutbas becomes meaningless there are what they call settlers I wish this word would drop from usage and we call them colonizers we had colonizers breaking in in this past week into al-masjid al-aqsa And then they arrest two individuals who are employed in the Awqaf, in the Islamic Trust, in al-Masjid al-Aqsa. They're just in their offices doing their whatever paperwork. They round them up along with a person who is attending a salah. Arbitrarily, just come with us, you're going to prison. All of this is happening. All of this is happening because the Umawi, Israeli type of Islam wants us to concentrate on issues of division that cause us to feel negative towards each other, and they move in. Another person, I'm not going to name the the group of Muslims he belongs to. He says, speaking in Arabic, he says a tatbir when you hit yourself on your body with a sword or with chains. This is proof of your fealty and your support of Al-Walaya, of Al-Imam Ali, alayhi salam, etc. And whoever disagrees with that is an enemy of Al-Walaya and Imam Ali and all of that. Do we need something like this? This is what we have. We have MI6 Shias and we have CIA Sunnis who are working together to bring back Umawi Israeli Islam. We tell them we are beyond that. It's not coming back. It's on its way out. Allahumma <laughs> arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna itibaa'ahu. Wa arina al-baatila baatilan warzuqna jtinaba, Wa la taj'alhu multabisan 'alayna. Waj'alna lil-muttaqina imama. اللهم إليك نشكو ضعف قوتنا وقلة حيلتنا وهوانا على الناس يا أرحم الراحمين أنت ربنا وأنت رب المستضعفين فإلى من تكلنا إلى غريب يتجهمنا أم إلى عدو ملكته أمرنا؟ إن لم يكن بك علينا غضب فلا نبالي ولكن عافيتك هي أوسع لنا نعوذ بنور وجهك الذي أشرقت له الظلمات وصلح عليه أمر الدنيا والآخرة من أن تنزل بنا غضبك أو تحل علينا صختك لك العتبى حتى ترضى ولا حول ولا قوه الا بك اللهم صل على محمد وال محمد Wa على ابراهيم وال ابراهيم اللهم بارك على محمد وال محمد وبارك على ابراهيم وال ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر ان الانسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم من منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الْآخِرَةِ عذاب عظيم ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله اكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون يَعْلَمُ خَائِنَةَ الْأَعْيُنِ وَمَا تُخْفِي الصُّدُورُ وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ وَأَرْحَنَّا بِهَا اللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ اللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ أَشْهَدُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد